Well, hi, and welcome to Practice Makes Parent, where we understand it's not about perfection, but about transformation. I'm Dr. Danny Huerta. And I'm Rebecca St. James. Danny, today we are talking about taming the monster. I love, I love <laughs> that. It says so much with one word. And this is something that I think every mom listening right now can relate to. Yes. And maybe every dad? No. Yeah, I think so. I think we can relate to, yes, a monster's a version of a mom that shows up when she's tired or absolutely upset. (laughs) And it's not just limited to moms. Just like you said, dads can be dadsters as well. We all have those moments where we don't show up well. uh, And uh, it can be in front of our kids, in front of our spouse. I mean, we... This dadster monster can show up anywhere. What about you, Rebecca? Was there a time when you showed up as a monster? You know, I have a, a recent story that, wow, this one kind of got to me. So our oldest daughter, Gemma, uh, you know, we're c- trying to be consistent with when we say, I need you to come up here, get ready for bed, whatever it is, you come straight away. You know, you don't dilly-dally downstairs. And she was dilly-dallying, mm. according to my experience of her. She was not coming upstairs. She was not getting ready for bed. She was not doing as she was asked. And I felt ignored and disrespected. And I think that moment can bring out the monster in a lot of us <laughs> quicker than anything if we're feeling disrespected or yeah. unheard or ignored. Mm. And so I felt like I'd given multiple chances. You need to get up here being ignored. And so I think I raised my voice, and it was <laughs> and not getting pretty. the monster came out. The monster came out. It almost out. sounds like mobster. Did you notice it, that? It, it I does don't know. sound yeah. like that. Kind monster, of... mobster. Yeah. Yeah. So I was charging downstairs with my little self-righteous self. You know, you're not being obedient. You're not listening. And she, <laughs> she was like, Mom, Wait. I was doing something special for you. She was cleaning up the kitchen, Danny, oh, no. for me. She was oh, making a surprise Rebecca, for me to goodness. bless me as a mom. <laughs> and I just like, mm. oh, my goodness, that was a little bit of a humiliating moment. But mm. I'm thankful that she even thought about doing that. And I hugged her and expressed so much appreciation. And I said, maybe next time, just let me know that you're doing a surprise and not mm. ignoring me. So That's it was what, quite the learning lesson. Yeah, I think we've all had those, Rebecca, unfortunately, where where we come in a certain way and our kids have been trying to do something to serve us. And so you're not alone on that one, Rebecca. Yeah, we uh, recently I came home from work and I saw the kitchen was a bit messy. Slash a disaster? Yeah, and I was just, I was was frustrated. I just came in and just started organizing. Uh It was just a moment of putting this away and I was going fast and and you could feel my spiciness uh-huh. coming in. Spiciness. That's uh, a nice way to and so say it. It's a dadster, spicy, uh-huh. I don't know, you know, Latino side to me, yeah, there spicy you go. side. There you go. It, uh, I, I was feeling it, and I'm going, man, I just need to step out in the garden and water something or do, do something else to, or maybe go to work get back out, to medium get... or something, you know, <laughs> yes. instead of spicy. Get rid of the spicy. And, uh, I, you know, we're going to show up that way. We need to know, uh, we need to find out what's happening inside, our stress, our frustrations, our tiredness maybe. That's there. Something we expected, but it's not happening the way yeah. we expected it to happen. And I uh, just remember, your child is not you, and That's good. Uh, they might like different things than you or respond differently than you. Uh, and uh, you know, they have different personalities, and you may want them to act a certain way, and they're just not acting that way. Make sure you find ways to respect your kids. I think that's yeah. something we're always learning and thinking about, and learning their love languages. 
and focusing on what they're doing positively. Mm. And we need to catch them doing those things that uh, they're doing right. And then uh, establishing a culture of forgiveness. And that begins within our marriages of being able to show grace and forgiveness towards each other. And when we don't respond well as a parent, we can ask for that forgiveness from our family. If we've shown up spicy or as a momster or a dadster, then we can ask for that forgiveness along the way. And that humility is so beautiful. Oh, it goes yeah. such a long way too and, and is a so great right. model for our kids because we're all human. We're all going to get it wrong and we all need forgiveness. What a key word, Rebecca. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Humility is a core. Yeah, yeah. it is. And, and when it can be the flavor of our home, when, in that, when there is that humility and forgiveness, it's just a, just a much stronger home. Mm-hmm. Well, these are some great reminders, Denny, and this episode is going to dive into how we can start to accomplish these steps. Later on, we're going to hear a question from one of our listeners who wants to know how she can connect with her son when he's always frustrating her. That's going to be a wonderful, yes. wonderful thing to talk about. But first, we had a great conversation with Becky Kopitsky about how we can recognize what turns us into a momster. She's an author and founder of The Inspired Business. Let's listen to the conversation that we had with Becky. So let's start with this word that you've created, momster. And, uh, you yeah. know, maybe there's a dadster, too, in That's there. That's what I was wondering. It doesn't is there fit a as well. Right? <laughs> uh, what does that mean? What does that mean? Well, Rebecca, I don't know about you, but I am married to one, so. <laughs> a dadster. <laughs> we've, we've got mom and dad monster here in our family on occasion, right? On, on occasion, occasion, we yes. have worked so hard, really, to set essentially spiritual disciplines to overcome those natural inclinations to be crabby. That's truly what it is. I mean, I thought I was a really gentle and patient person mm-hmm. until I had babies. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I realized that we don't, right? You don't really know what's inside of you until it is squeezed out. And so that's yes. what the concept of the monster is. It's this sin nature that's inside of us to be impatient, to be ugly. It comes out when something triggers it and parenting does that on a regular basis. So the whole idea is how do we, in pursuit of the Lord, figure out how to tame that natural inclination to get crabby sometimes, to get impatient, to just want our own needs or desires to be met rather than meeting the needs and the desires of the kids again. (laughs) And it all comes into really just knowing who the Lord is, what He thinks of us, and then how we ought to be pursuing Him while we are engaging with our kids. So I learned the hard way. I've been learning the hard way. Hey, Becky, tell us about your time with Clara uh, when she was three weeks old. Uh, what what yeah. happened there with between the two of you guys as you uh, figured out this monster yeah. thing? So my firstborn was only three weeks old when I had a moment of really completely irrational anger in the middle of the night, three weeks old. We had prayed for this child. We had waited for this child. We had prepared for this child. We loved her. But at 2 o'clock in the morning, you know, after the the 21st night in a row, right, wakes me up to get fed. I'm super exhausted by that point. She was not a sleeper, so we we were running on zero sleep. And there was a blowout diaper, you know, the blowout diapers at 2 a.m. And, you know, throw the baby in the bathroom. You're hormonal. You just had a baby. It's all of it. Yes, it's all of it. And so all of these triggers 
just bubbled up inside of me, and I actually growled at my baby girl. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, well, why won't you just let mama sleep? <laughs> and I was taken aback. I mean, I shocked myself. I thought, what in mm. the world is wrong with me? This child that I love, and that's when I, the first time I really recognized there is something in me that is not pretty, and my circumstances are bringing it out. It wasn't my daughter's fault. She was three weeks old, mm. right? And just as mm. now she's 16 years old. It's not always her fault, yeah. right? It's often me. So that was when I first d- really discovered this monster that was inside of me. And let me tell you, she showed up often in the coming years until I finally figured out how to get a handle on that. So that's why I wrote the book, really, because I only write about what I've experienced myself because I'm no wiser mm. than what the Lord has taught me. So my encouragement to other moms is that it's normal and you can overcome mm. Yeah, and you know, one thing that's uh, interesting there, uh, that we, we sometimes just need our own timeouts, right? We give timeouts to our kids, but yep. we need our own timeout yeah. to re- regroup our brain that's running around the room and <laughs> uh, where we've, yes. we've been triggered. All of us have uh, some form of triggers, and we need to be uh, aware of what those are. And it's okay to take a timeout as a parent. Maybe give yourself three, four, five timeouts a day and model taking a timeout, as you were saying. We mm. sometimes need the space to, to regroup and come back uh, after we've tamed that monster or the dadster inside of us so that we show up well for yeah. that invitation we have with our kids to, to guide them. Yeah. Even though we're imperfect, we still get to be the ones that guide our children and love them in their imperfections. And uh, have you noticed that, yeah. Rebecca, when you've had... Uh, the monster pop in. I, I know the dadster sometimes. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know if I've growled, but I've, I've maybe gotten pretty close <laughs> to that, you know, just the, <clears throat> uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely. I've, I've given myself a timeout. Like I just need to back away from this situation and press pause and go chill out. And we can talk much more rationally, you know, about it at a different point, you know, with, with my children. Um, but you know, you, you said something, Danny, about triggers, uh, and Becky, I know you speak to that. Like, what what is a trigger? What are some common triggers in parenting? What should we be aware of? How can we avoid them? Yeah, well, and that's the problem, right, is that it's the sin is in there, and something mm. is making it come out. And so those triggers, I've identified them really in some categories. So there's physical, emotional, environmental, spiritual, and then your child's behavior. So often we go straight to the child's behavior and say, that's what caused me to blow up but often it's something internal. So our worst enemy is really ourselves. And so, for example, one of my big triggers is headaches. I I get migraines. So if I feel a headache coming on, I'm much more likely to be impatient with my kids or when I haven't gotten enough sleep. That's just something for me physically that I know I don't handle well, which is why the newborn (laughs) stage was such a baptism by fire for me. It was so difficult because I don't function well on limited sleep. Some, I don't think, I don't think any do. of us do, really. Yeah. None <laughs> of us. Yes, yes. <laughs> I was not spinning cartwheels when my kids were babies. I don't think but, I've ever but, spun cartwheels, but, actually. Becky, but, yeah. <laughs> you can try it sometimes. Okay. Yeah. It's actually really fun. I could hurt Grass myself. Kids. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. But it, it's all sorts of things like that. I mean, sometimes... For me, it's just feeling rushed or I'm under a deadline, and that will cause in me a sense of anxiety or stress that, if I'm not careful, comes out at the kids. And so when I am aware of what is actually, what the state of my mental and emotional well-being is, then I can evaluate how am I going to, 
what is the potential here for me to outlash at my kids because of something I'm dealing with that's my issue and not theirs? So it's just so important to understand, first of all, who is your real enemy? It's those triggers. It's not the kids. And so Mm. just to identify that and to name the enemy and to know who it is and to not superimpose that on your children is really a win because once we know what we're dealing with, then we can move forward and handle it and mitigate some of the risks. Wow, Denny. I so relate to Becky and the things that she had to say. I mean, it can be really hard to rein in our initial maybe not so positive reaction to our kids, you know, (laughs) when we're dealing with triggers and the things that she was talking about. so hard to do. Yeah, but with prayer, with patience, with practice, we really can begin to respond better to our kids, can't we? Yeah, we do need to be aware of our triggers and and be open to having feedback from people that know us. Uh, Sometimes we don't know that we're showing these triggers in what we do. Maybe a spouse reminds us. uh, That's right. uh So we need to combat this this momster and dadster within us instead of just saying, that's just who I am, because it'll be a great gift to our family. And uh, so take some time for self-examination. We need to model how to manage the wide world of emotions that we carry. They're not bad, but they can spill out. And, And also take some time for prayer and ask yourself how you can best show up to that invitation or the many invitations you have with your kids. Uh, and respect your child and their unique personality. Their personality is, can be wonderful and sometimes frustrating because you see things differently and handle things differently. And remember to ask for forgiveness when the dadster or momster shows up. And then uh, really aim for this honesty in your home instead of perfection. Mm, honesty is so, so helpful to establish trust and trust establishes a foundation in a home. And so we want to model what respect and courage looks like for our kids every single day that we can. We do our best we right do our along best. the way, Rebecca. Yep, that's right. And if you'd like to learn more about this topic or get a copy of Becky's book, The Cranky Mom Fix, I love that title, get a happier, more peaceful home by slaying the momster in all of us. <laughs> we do have that here at Focus on the Family, available for a gift of any amount. This podcast is possible because of your financial support, so please donate and get the book today. All the details are in the show notes. For today's question, we're tackling how to respond to your child who is frustrating you. I think every parent can relate Mm -hmm. to that. We have a mom named Joanna who wrote in and said, Every time I have a conversation with my son, he frustrates me. No matter what we do, we just can't seem to talk civilly with each other. I honestly don't know what to do anymore. Well, we want to say thank you so much to Joanna for her question because that's a really good one. You know, and I was, I was thinking about how she phrased her question, Danny. I think that was really key. I, I just sensed a lot of humility there and that mm-hmm. she was realizing that, she, you know, she was saying we can't seem to talk civilly. Like Great she point. was owning her yeah. part in it. And there was mm-hmm. just this openness to growth herself. And I think she is acknowledging that it takes two to tango. She's mm-hmm. a part of it, um, what is happening in their dynamic. And I, I keep thinking about how, as a mom, when I'm interacting in a frustrated way with one of my children, if I can settle down and if I can calmly kind of lower the temperature in the room, 
I can bring more peace to the table. Mm -hmm. Um, If I can be patient, if I can be loving in my turn, um, it really, really helps. And so, Joanna, I just encourage you in that pursuit. I so appreciate your vulnerability and your humility. Um, I think when we can uh, get down on our child's level to, I just noticed with my three-year-old, if I get down to to his eye line and just look him in the eyes or have him kind of put his hands on my face when we're frustrated with each other and mm-hmm. and have that physical connection, that emotional connection, that eye line, there's something that softens in him. His tone immediately softens with me. And maybe mm-hmm. it's a hug. Maybe with an older child, there's a different way of encouraging that tone to soften um, amongst you. Spending time going to get donuts, going to get ice cream, mm-hmm. doing something fun together, um, quality time often does improve that dynamic. Danny, what would you say? Yeah, boy, thanks for the question, Joanna. I do love it. And great points, Rebecca. I love how you called out that there's a we and there's a, an awareness there, humility mm-hmm. uh, in the middle of it. I do think that uh, you want to ask the question, what's the goal? Because mm-hmm. they're clearly triggered. Joanna, you and your son trigger one another. Uh, you seem to feel frustrated and powerless here with the question of what, what do I do next? Uh, it sounds like there's, there, there's a disagreement on some very core things. And so there's, there's a figuring out here of what is the core thing and what's our goal? What do we want to do? Is it, is it getting uh, your, your son getting his way or is it you getting your way or is it really figuring out the why behind there's a, the boundary is there or why you guys are stuck? Is there a way to find a common ground and start from there hmm. where you can agree on something That's good. and then move into little mini victories along the way? And I'd encourage you, this is one of the exercises I do with a lot of the, the, the parents of teens uh, in my counseling practice, especially when they're stuck. I'll have them look in a mirror together and disagree while they're looking at the mirror. And they're only looking at themselves. Oh, and this is wow. about self-regulating yourself. How am I... How am I non-verbally communicating? Because that's where we get stuck many times. There's mm. a feeling of disrespect. There's mm. a triggering. Good. And, and so it's regulating you so that you can actually get the communication out. Teens laugh at it. Uh, they'll come back with, with reports of, uh, you know, they started cracking up in the middle of the deal. But it helps them realize how they look mm. when they're trying to solve something and they work against each other in that place of of trying to communicate uh, with each other. And so uh, what I hope that you do with your son uh, is that you hang in there, you're patient, but then also that you look for that common ground and then maybe use that mirror exercise to help each other regulate yourselves and see what you're doing. And then figure out those triggers we've been talking about on the show. What is triggering you and how can you handle those so that you manage you well as you were pointing out, Rebecca, that she can control herself as a mom. And all of us need to hear that, that we have our triggers. And if we are aware of those buttons, we can put a little uh, protection over that button and look at the goal that you have mm. in the moment rather than self-protection. You go towards the goal of connection with, with your son. So I hope this has been helpful for you, Joanna, and for, for everyone listening. I mean, we've all been there yes. uh, in those moments of frustration with our kids and uh, it's, uh, it's not easy in the moment, but we can learn a lot in, in those moments, especially after when we reflect on it. Mm, and Danny, thank you so much for that mirror technique. I'm definitely going to use that at some point with my kids. I appreciate that. We've that used tip. it as husband and wife, too. Oh, that's a good <laughs> yeah. idea. Yeah, yeah, that's so great. I love it. 
Well, we are so grateful to Joanna for her question. And if you're listening and you have a question for us, please send it in. We would love to answer it. Click on the link in the show notes or go to practicemakesparent.com and click the button on the side of our show page to submit a voicemail. We hope that this episode helped you understand how to best respond to your kids when the mobster or dadster wants to show up. (laughs) Now, parents, be sure to like, listen, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm sure you love, love listening, especially to Practice Makes Parents. (laughs) (laughs) We are grateful that you are with us for this episode. It's our goal to equip parents like you with practical tools that you can use in your everyday life with your kids. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Dr. Danny Wertha. And I'm Rebecca St. James. Join us next week for more tips for transforming your parenting on Practice Makes Parent. Hey parents, Parent here. I don't know about you, but most parenting advice I've found is a lot like my son's favorite foods, just beans and hot dogs. It's bland and way too juvenile for how old he actually is. But Focus on the Family's weekly age and stage emails have biblical stuff that helps me be intentional as a parent. It's great, like a chef salad of parenting tips. If you want biblical, practical, and personal tips to your inbox, here's how. Go to MyKidsAge.com, put in your kid's age, and get weekly emails that make a difference.